David Leitch signs on to direct Fast and the Furious spinoff. John Krasinski chooses his next film after A Quiet Place. And lots of casting news from the worlds of Aquaman, Terminator, Mulan, and more. All this and much, much more on a brand new episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. Hey everybody, this is Josh the Merc Rainer saying thank you for joining me for another episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. We are on episode 5 and we have a whole lot of news to go through so I'm just going to jump right into it as usual. First up I'm going to talk about IT Chapter 2. We have a whole lot of news uh, just about this one movie particular. Uh, we got some casting news from IT Chapter 2. Bill Hader and James McAvoy are currently in talks to play the adult versions of Richie and Bill. They will be joined by Jessica Chastain, who has been confirmed as the adult Beverly. Uh, this is actually really exciting because these actors have been on a lot of people's fan castings, and it's great to see them getting some top-tier talent in to play these adult roles. So it'll be nice to see. I think it'll be a great draw for the second film. The first film was amazing. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. And so I'm really excited to see uh, what they do with this this second film. Negotiations are early right now for Hater and McAvoy. And, and the script is currently being worked on. But I think it's pretty much going to be a lock. This is These are the type of actors that love to pick interesting projects. If, if anybody has seen... Bill Hader's uh, Skeleton Twins. It's really just a kind of weird, interesting indie film, and it shows that I I think he can kind of reach those dark places that this film will need to go. And James McAvoy, he's he's fantastic in in just about everything. If you've seen Split, you know he can definitely go to a dark place. So uh, I'm really excited for the casting. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is set to return as Pennywise. And uh, Andy Muschietti will be back as the director. Uh, Muschietti told Variety last fall that he hoped to bring all the original actors back for flashback sequences and sequel, uh, but that's still being worked out. I think that would be really cool because those kids are really what made that movie so great, the, the, the relationship between those kids. And even just to get you know, a couple of flashbacks, maybe some stuff that you know that we didn't see in the film, some new scenes and stuff like that. Maybe st- you know some stuff that happened after the events of the first film. I think that'll be really interesting, and uh, it'll. I think it'll really help to tie it in to that first to that first movie. Uh, it Chapter Two is set to start shooting this July in Toronto, which is really cool. Uh, they're really trying to move forward, get it, get it going. Producer Roy Lee said the script is being finalized and the locations are currently being scouted in anticipation of shooting then. Talking about the July shooting date in Toronto. The sequel was officially announced two weeks after uh, it, Chapter 1 landed in theaters and Chapter 2 will be coming out September 6th of 2019. And speaking of casting news, fresh off the boat actor Randall Park has been cast as Dr. Stephen Shin in Aquaman. 
this casting announcement came during the reshoots for the film. Now, before you get crazy about it, I know a lot of people out there get freaked out when they hear the word reshoots when it comes to movies, especially the big ones, especially DC. However, everything that I've seen, everything that I've been reading about the Aquaman reshoots has actually been really good. These are all big budget films scheduled reshoots. It's just the way it is. It's it's part of the scheduling process. It's part of the budgetary process. They figure these things in because sometimes you need to retool things after you've made them. It's like if you're writing a book and you have to do a third, third or fourth draft. You know, sometimes that happens. So just hearing the word reshoots shouldn't cause alarm. Now, what normally causes alarm is when you start hearing more and more bad things from the set. Aquaman, however, has been the exact opposite. So you get Randall Park being cast as Dr. Uh, Stephen Shin, which is really cool. For those of you who don't know, the character in the comics was a friend of Aquaman's human father and helped uh, young Arthur Curry develop his powers, would later grow obsessed with finding out where the Lost City of Atlantis was located. So I think that could be an interesting um, thing. I I doubt they're going to completely dive into this character since they're just adding him during reshoots, but it wouldn't surprise me if maybe it's some some flashback stuff uh, to when he was younger. You know, you so maybe you're maybe we'll get a little bit more backstory about Arthur Curry and he'll be involved. And then maybe we'll see the beginnings of his obsession, and that could lead into the, a sequel, an Aquaman sequel. So that's pro- that's the way it should go. And James Wan is an excellent director; he knows what he's doing. So I, I have no fear that this is going to be just a fantastic movie. We've also seen some set photos from stars Jason Momoa and Amber Heard showing the rare, the rarely seen good side of reshoots. Like I said before, usually you, know, you hear about reshoots and then you know all these horror stories come out about how terrible the production is going and things like that. But in this case, it's the opposite of that. We're hearing good, good things about these reshoots and that really makes me excited. We even learned that Aquaman is getting a new release date in the UK and it's being pushed forward a week to December 14th. Uh, where in the U.S. it'll be coming out on December 21st. That that makes me feel like they're confident enough, you know, in the film. Like, if they weren't confident, they'd be pushing the film back. Even if it is just in the U.K., the fact that they're able to push it forward a week means the film will be done, it will be ready, and they're confident in what they've got, and it'll be a great, hopefully, will be a great product, you know. I'm super excited. This is one of my most anticipated films of the year because I absolutely, like I said, I love James Wan as a director. He's one of my favorite horror directors, but it's nice to see him branch out and he seems very, very passionate about this project. So I'm pretty excited to see what he brings to it. The film's summary reads, Aquaman finds himself caught between a surface world that ravages the sea and the underworld Atlanteans who are ready to revolt. This sounds really cool. I'm really excited. Maybe we'll see an army of Atlanteans rise out and and take on the surface dwellers. I, you know, that's something that I'd love to see on film. So I'm excited for that. And Aquaman, like I said, is being directed by James Wan and will star Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Nicole Kidman, Patrick Wilson, and Willem Dafoe, and will hit U.S. theaters on December 21st. 
Next up, David Leach has been confirmed as the director of the Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. Now, about two months ago, it was revealed that the John Wick director, David Leach, was the frontrunner for the director. And now it's coming out that he has actually been confirmed, he's been signed on as the director. And I think that this is something that uh, will benefit the franchise. David Leach did a great job with John Wick, so I think he'll be able to bring some great action to Hobbs and Shaw. And with people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham, these are two big action stars. So I think that his style will really lend well to this, to this spin-off film. Johnson's Luke Hobbs, the former diplomatic security service agent, and Statham's Deckard Shaw, the murderous anti-hero, will likely continue their bromance established in The Fate and the Furious. Uh, so I think that sounds kind of interesting. The Rock has been one of those actors who's really come up over the years, and ever since he joined the Fast franchise, a lot of people have really taken to his character, and so it makes a lot of sense that they would want to do a spin-off with this character he's just so charming you know he's he's a great actor he's a great action star he brings a lot to a lot of charisma to it so i think that pairing the two after what was seen in fate and the furious i think that will really just enhance where this spinoff is gonna go and it'll i think it'll really help bring in the audience for it uh, fast and furious screenwriter chris morgan uh who has been the the pen behind every script since Tokyo Drift, is actually returning to uh, script the spinoff as well. But no actual plot points have uh, have surfaced yet. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it, like what the actual plot will be. You know, will they actually be like a, a well-oiled work team working together? Uh, will they have to you know be fighting one another? Will they be forced to work together? I, don't, I mean, we'll see kind of where it goes when the plot synopsis at least comes out. Hopefully, that'll be soon. Um, hopefully, we'll get a trailer maybe in six months or so. This could allow The Rock to really branch off in the franchise while leaving the main series of films, which is something that uh, I had talked about last week with him not being sure if he's going to return for Fast 9. I mean, with all the drama that's been going around with the two, the feuds that he's had with Vin Diesel and with Tyrese, it's probably it's probably better for him to just kind of segue out of the main series and just and kind of do his own thing with this spin-off franchise, which, you know, I think that could be interesting. It could it could freshen up the Fast and Furious franchise and and do something a little more interesting than than what we have seen for the last eight films. I know a lot of people are getting kind of a little tired of it, so maybe this will rejuvenate that and bring something new. Hobbs and Shaw is set to hit theaters on July 26th of 2019, with Fast and Furious 9 set to come out less than a year later on April 10th, 2020. We've got some big casting news for the live-action Mulan film. Donnie Yen, Jet Li, and Gong Li have all been cast for this film. Donnie Yen will actually be playing Mulan's mentor, Commander Tung, while Jet Li is in final talks to play the Emperor of China who orders the mobilization of troops. Gong Li has been confirmed as the villain of the film. However, this villain is a little different than what we saw in the original 1998 animated version. 
In the animated version, we saw the main uh, antagonist, the primary antagonist was uh, Shan Yu, the leader of the invading Huns. In this movie, it it appears that they will be taking a departure from that as Gong Li has been confirmed as a powerful witch. Uh, How this is all going to tie in, I'm not 100% sure. They haven't really released any plot details. It's possible that the Huns and Shan Yu will still be a part of this film. They just haven't announced that yet. And maybe this witch just plays an extra character in it. Maybe maybe this is how um, Mushu is created, you know? I've heard rumors because in the live-action film, Mulan will have a sister. The rumor that I've heard is that Possibly her sister is Mushu, and this witch turns her into the dragon. So that could be something interesting. It's definitely different than what we've seen, but I think if they utilize it that way as more of an explanation as to where this talking dragon comes from in this realistic type story, because having Mushu... In this live-action film, that's just like a like almost like a war film. It seems out of place. It fits in a cartoon, but it, I feel like it would seem out of place in this live-action version. But weaving in the supernatural element with a, with a powerful witch, I think could really tie that together and make it just feel a bit more natural. As long as they don't just completely wipe away the main storyline from the film, because the whole purpose of of Mulan, you know, dressing up as a man is to show that she can do what a man can do. And taking away her defeating the the male villain, I think, takes away part of that message. So hopefully they will still utilize Shan Yu and the Huns as opposed to uh, just mobilizing the troops against a witch. Um, so we'll see when, it, when the trailer drops. It's not going to be for a while as... Uh, the movie is set to hit theaters March 27th of 2020, so we got two years before it comes out. So we probably won't see a trailer for a year to a year and a half. Hopefully they'll release some more information, kind of detailing what the movie will be about, to kind of put it, put us all at ease about it. A lot of times with these live actions, they're kind of you know hit or miss. You get the, the more faithful adaptations like Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast, and even those, like, people knocked Beauty and the Beast for being too much like the original film. But then you get films like Alice in Wonderland and Maleficent, which didn't quite get the reception that people that, that Disney had hoped because they strayed so far from the original. But we'll see when it comes out. Like I said, it comes out March 27th of 2020, so we definitely have some time, and hopefully they'll uh, let us know what's going on with it. Next up, John Krasinski is set to direct a sci-fi thriller called Life on Mars. Uh, John Krasinski just directed the hugely successful film A Quiet Place, which if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, please go out and see it. It is fantastic. It's one of the best uh, like horror thriller kind of films that I have seen in a long time, and it is actually my favorite film of the year currently. So definitely go and see it. I don't. I don't want to hype it too much, and then you know, have people get to be disappointed or, or anything like that. But it is. It is such a well-made film. Just be aware, the title does not lie. It is a quiet place. 
<laughs> you know, there's not a lot of dialogue in it. There's some, there are points where there's no music in it at all. So just be aware of stuff like that. But anyways, uh, Paramount Pictures is in negotiations to acquire the rights uh, on the spec script for Life on Mars with John Krasinski and Platinum Dunes on board to produce. Uh, Life on Mars is based on a short story by graphic novelist Cecil Castellucci. And the synopsis reads, A woman who is among a handful of descendants of a Martian colony long abandoned by Earth following a cataclysm, one day finds she can breathe the air on Mars, upending her world and that of her fellow colonists. Now, it seems kind of simple, and from... I haven't read the read the short story, but from what I've heard, it is a really short story. doesn't have a whole lot to it, which I think is kind of helpful. You know, it allows them to take essentially a premise and just build upon it as opposed to having to cut things down and take things out. They're able to f- build upon this premise and really make something good. And if Krasinski can pull out another hit the way he did with A Quiet Place, I really think this could be a great science fiction film. Krasinski has said that he's not planning to cast himself at all in the film, but seeing as the film centers on a woman, I really, really am hoping that he does cast his wife, Emily Blunt, who's in A Quiet Place with him. She, First off, Emily Emily Blunt is a fantastic actress she's one of the best out there right now and the fact that it's his wife i think will help him to transition into another film taking himself out and but keeping her in will help him move forward in his career so that maybe with his third film you know maybe he won't have either of them in the film or maybe he'll have both of them again because they're both great actors so you you know adding great talent is always a good thing and i have no problem with him adding Emily Blunt into the lead role of this, if that's where he chooses to go, I actually kind of hope he does. I, I think it'll be fantastic that way. So, so keep an eye out for John Krasinski's Life on Mars. There's no date or, or actual like film synopsis yet, so just keep an eye out for that one. Earlier this week, via an Instagram post, The Rock confirmed that the Jumanji sequel is currently being worked on. In his Instagram post, he said, It's official. Last night you made Jumanji Sony's biggest movie ever. Ever. Previous record held by Spider-Man. My number one goal is always giving the audience what they want and always sending you home happy. Working on the sequel now, so bye-bye Kevin Hart's character. Love y'all and thank you. There's also a video attached to it where he pretty much says all the stuff in here. He does clarify that it's Sony's uh, biggest domestic film bringing in 404 million dollars domestically and almost a billion dollars worldwide not it's at nine right now it's at 954 million dollars worldwide which is that's that's awesome this film was hilarious but i never in my wildest imagination could have thought that it would get that close to a billion dollars you know i thought maybe the six seven hundred million dollar range but almost a billion dollars and it may it may still hit there who knows um but that is fantastic i'm glad that they're working on a, a third jumanji film 
And when in the video, when he says the part about uh, killing off Kevin Hart's character, he does it with a chuckle. So I think he's really just uh, messing around with Kevin Hart. Uh, I think it would be funny. For those of you who have seen it, you know that he's the character that dies multiple times. So it's really funny that uh, he's, you know, he jokes about Kevin Hart's character getting killed off again. Um, he didn't give uh, any sort of plot synopsis or anything, whether it be like the same uh, kids going back into the world of Jumanji as these avatars, or if it'll be you know four new kids entering the world of Jumanji. Because if it's four new kids, those characters that The Rock, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, that you know those characters that they play will all be different. They won't act the same because they're not the same people. So I kind of hope that something happens and the four of them need to go back in. I don't know what that reason could be, but I'm sure that they, you know, they're coming up with something. And the, with The Rock being a producer on this, I think he, he's really you know, got a nice hold on what to do for the film. So, you know, we'll see when it comes out. Hopefully it won't be too long. Hopefully it'll be within the next couple of years that we'll see this film, uh, as I'm, I'm really excited. I was kind of lukewarm about uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle before it came out. I knew I was going to go see it, but I didn't really think it was going to be all that great or anything. I thought it was just going to be maybe just okay, but it blew me away when I saw it. It was hilarious. I loved it, and I'm now I'm actually super excited that they're working on another one, so... Hopefully, it'll be just as good, if not better. Now on to our last story. The Terminator reboot has officially cast its new Terminator. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Gabriel Luna, who played the Ghost Rider in the ABC Marvel series, has been cast as the latest Terminator in the upcoming film. Luna will co-star alongside Natalia Reyes, who will play a character named Danny a young woman from a working-class neighborhood in Mexico City who finds herself in the battle between humans and machines. Scream Queen's star Diego Bonetta has also been added to the cast as Danny's brother. These newcomers will be joining returning franchise alums Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who are set to reprise their iconic roles and reunite for the first time since 1991's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. However, uh, The Hollywood Reporter does note that sources say these roles will be relatively brief, which does kind of make sense. This is uh, this new film is like a sequel-slash-reboot. It's going to be a direct sequel to Terminator 2, essentially wiping away uh, Terminator 3... Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis. And so it makes sense to see Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger back um, to just to, to kind of give you that feel, to show you that it is connected, and then to usher in this new cast to bring the franchise somewhere else. You know, that way you will step away from Sarah Connor and, and John Connor and all that stuff and, and, do, and do something different. So I think that'll be interesting. I think that's been the problem with the all the sequels that we've seen is that they have been staying too close to the original stories, to Terminator and Terminator 2, to those characters, and they just haven't been able to do it justice. So to see these characters come back and usher in a new cast... I think will really help and hopefully prolong uh, the franchise and make it what it should have been in the first place. 
uh, Deadpool's Tim Miller is on to direct with James Cameron returning to produce the film, which is set to hit theaters on November 22nd, 2019. Next up is our trailer section where I talk about some of the trailers that have hit this past week. Uh, I want There's a couple that I want to talk about. Uh, first off, I'm going to talk about The Meg, the new shark movie with Jason Statham. I'm also going to talk about American Animals, which is the first film coming out of uh, Movie Pass Ventures. And then the new trailer that just dropped this morning, uh, Hotel Artemis, which looks some, looks like it should be in the world of, of John Wick, even though I'm pretty sure it's not. So I'm going to start off talking about The Meg. This is the new shark film uh, with Jason Statham. And it's based on a book. I haven't read the book, but the the trailer actually looks pretty cool. It's it, really it just looks like this kind of crazy actiony shark film. I mean, it's probably not going to win any Oscars or anything like that, but it's going to do what most shark films do, and that's just kind of create an interesting, entertaining you know film to watch. Uh, you have this giant shark. Bigger than anything that you've ever seen. And just the visuals of the shark. The sheer size of it compared to other things in the trailer. like Compared to boats. Compared to people on rafts and, and, and surfboards and things like that. It's insane to think that you know back in prehistoric times there was anything this large. That there was a shark that this big. And that's just That's just crazy to think about. And to see something like that set now i think is really interesting and will it'll definitely get butts in seats shark movies you know it it calls to a lot of people it's something it's just like a crazy action flick but it, it seems to have a pretty pretty good cast behind it so i'm pretty excited to see what they do with it i really dug it so the some of the music in it was kind of fun it 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 made you understand that this isn't going to be like a serious type of film it's not going to be you know with the shallows it's going to be a more fun crazy kind of film so i'm interested to see uh, what the you know how this one turns out next up is the trailer for american animals uh, like i said this is the first film out of movie pass ventures it's their new film division and it looks fantastic I, it's a heist film, and it's got Evan Peters. I love heist films personally, and I love Evan Peters. He is a fantastic actor, whether it's in the X-Men films, whether it's in American Horror Story, uh, whether it's in small indie films like Adult World. He is He shines whenever he's on screen, and this trailer is no different. Every scene that he's in in this trailer, he steals it. He shines. He is someone to really watch for. He is such a talented actor, and anything he does, I will definitely at least be interested in seeing. This is uh, a story from what the trailer says that actually happened. As the the trailer says, this is not based on a true story. This actually happened. Um, And so that actually kind of really grabbed me as well. I was like, hmm, interesting. Because the, it looks kind of crazy. It's like a dark crime thriller. And I'm really interested to see 
you know, what it's really all about and everything. It comes out in June, um, so I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Go out and check out this trailer. It's really interesting. Uh, it, I had gotten an email from MoviePass about it, so if I ha- I wouldn't even have, have heard about it if I hadn't had a movie pass and, and gotten the email. So go check out this trailer for American Animals. Uh, I think you know if you're into you know crime thrillers, if you're into heist movies and that kind of thing, I, I definitely think that you will enjoy this trailer. Uh, and, and let me know what you think about it because I'm really excited for it and I want to know what everybody else is thinking. So, you know, hop into the comments and let me know what you think about the trailer. Uh, I'm really excited to find out everybody's opinion. And uh, the final trailer that I'm going to talk about today is Hotel Artemis. Now, what this movie is about, it's about a hospital for criminals. Uh, very similar to the Continental in the John Wick series, which is you know a hotel strictly for criminals. Uh, just like the Continental, the Ho- Hotel Artemis has you know has a set of rules. You know you don't kill patients, don't kill other you don't kill other patients. Just like how in the Continental you don't kill other guests inside the hotel. It looks really interesting. It's obviously going to be different than a different setup than John Wick, but it is, it does feel very similar. Um, it do, It's not quite as stylized, but it does feel like it could fit into that world. It's It stars Sterling K. Brown and Jodie Foster. Charlie Day is in it. Batista is in it. Got a whole lot of people cast in this movie that I'm really excited for. And like I said, you know, the premise itself is interesting even if it is very similar sounding to stuff within the John Wick universe. Um, I, I really, as long as the movie is good, I don't care if it seems like it could fit inside the John Wick world. Jeff Goldblum is in it. Uh, he looks like he's playing like the, the, the main bad guy, so that'll be really cool. I love Jeff Goldblum, and to see him play a bad guy will be awesome in this. So check out the the trailer for Hotel Artemis. It just dropped earlier today. And uh, again, just like with American Animals, let me know what you think about it. Uh, let me know what you think about all the trailers I've talked about. The Meg, American Animals, Hotel Artemis. Hop down in the comments and give me your thoughts. Now it's time for the weekend roundup where we talk about the box office results for this week. Uh, the top five is usually what I like to cover. And I'm going to start off with number five, which is the new comedy Blockers by Kay Cannon. Uh, Brought in another $10.3 million for a $36.9 million domestic haul. This is very impressive. To see a comedy in its second week pull in double digits, that's great. It's fantastic. It's a hilarious movie. It's my favorite comedy of the year. Go see it. It's great. Number four is Ready Player One brought in another 11.2 million for a domestic haul of 114.6 and a worldwide haul of 474.8 million dollars. Number three is the new Blumhouse horror film Truth or Dare brought in a fairly impressive 19 million dollars on a small 3.5 million dollar budget. Blumhouse they they know what they're doing. When it comes to horror, 
they're they always try to keep their budgets low in the you know less than usually within the five million dollar range sometimes they go up to like the 10 uh they did that for a couple of the paranormal activity movies but their films always make money because people want to see horror even if you know like like it shows here truth or dare only you know made 19 million dollars and if it was a 50 million dollar film that could be a problem but it was a 3.5 million dollar film and it just smashed its budget out the window 19 million dollars they're in the profit even if it made no more money they they made a profit off of it and the movie's actually decent it does have some issues which I'll talk about a little bit later but overall I enjoyed watching it um I am a bit of a sucker for horror so you know maybe I'm a little bit more biased when it comes to it but uh, you know that, that's what it's all about it's about just enjoying the film and like i said i will talk a little bit more about it later number two uh was john krasinski's a quiet place uh breaking in 32.6 million dollars it only dropped 35 percent from its first week and it almost took the number one spot it was only two million dollars off from taking the number one spot again which is huge for a horror film to go, you know, to get that close, to do be this good on its second week, it has almost brought in a hundred million dollars domestically, and it has done 151.3 worldwide on just a small 17 million dollar budget. You can't go wrong with that. It tripled its budget in its first week. It doubled its budget in the second week. This is a sheer success. You can't deny that. And to see John Krasinski in his directorial debut do this well really makes me excited for that upcoming film, uh, Life on Mars, that I had talked about earlier. So uh, kudos to John Krasinski. Keep up the great work. Keep making quality films. I'm really excited to see his, you know, that next film of his. And uh, I hope that, it, that A Quiet Place continues to just smash at the box office. Uh, and that brings us to our number one film at the box office this week, and that is the new Dwayne The Rock Johnson film, Rampage, which brought in $34.5 million domestically and $148.6 million worldwide. Uh, this film only had a $120 million budget, which is actually pretty reasonable for uh, a film with the amount of effects that this this one has to have with the giant creatures they're obviously giant cgi creatures and then all the buildings being destroyed and everything like that you know that stuff costs money so the fact that they were able to keep the budget reasonable i think definitely help uh this movie out like worldwide's already gone past that budget number so really they just gotta keep raking some in so that they can break even and then just keep making money and with the rock you know, he, he sometimes his movies aren't great, but for the most part, he does fairly good films, even if they're just big popcorn extravaganza type films. I think this is what that type of movie is, and I think going to see it, you, you need your mindset just needs to be, I'm going to go see Rampage and have a good time watching it, because that's what it is. It's, it's a good time at the theaters. Uh, I'm going to go into our review section. I want to talk about two movies today, and that's A Quiet Place and Truth or Dare. It's uh, the two horror movies that are out right now that I got the chance to see this week. 
I'm going to start off, I'm going to talk a little bit about Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. It was, like I said, it was a pretty pretty decent movie. I had a good time watching it. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me as I was watching it was I remembered as I watched the trailers for this movie thinking the CGI faces that the people make when they are possessed, they it, it looked kind of bad in some of the shots in the trailer. The biggest one in the trailer was during the sex scene between Olivia and Lucas. Uh, her face, it doesn't even, in the trailer, it doesn't even look like her. It just, it, it was really bad CGI. Luckily, this is one of those cases where, you know, when people say, oh, just, you know, the CGI effects just aren't finished, you know, wait till the movie comes out and see what it looks like then. This is one of those cases because the faces looked a lot more natural than in the trailer. They still did the, like, real creepy, elongated smile and like the the kind of wider eyes, but it didn't. It looked more natural, especially during that that specific scene. Another thing uh, that I noticed about the trailer is that really the trailer gives away the first half of the movie. In the trailer, you see the first truth or dare moments of pretty much every character. So as these scenes come up in the movie, you're like, oh, I know what's gonna happen. I know where this is going to go. You know, I know exactly cuz they show those ending beats in the trailer. For instance, when Olivia tells Marky that she has to, you know, gives hands her the hammer and says you have to break my hand. They show it in the trailer her breaking her hand instead of cutting short and and letting you wonder, well, does she break her hand or not? You know, they show it right in the trailer. And it's stuff like that. Luckily, they in the trailer they really only show you the first half of the film which was nice cuz i was as i'm watching it i'm really worried i'm like did they spoil this entire movie but they didn't because the stuff that happens in the second half of the film i did not really see coming it was stuff that i guess if you were really thinking about it maybe you know you could come to a conclusion similar to that but I, I I wasn't thinking it, and it, it definitely took me a little bit by surprise. So I was really uh, intrigued by by where they went with it, and I loved how they ended the film. I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending of the movie is something you don't typically see in, in these types of movies. I can't really say a whole lot much more beyond that without spoiling it. But you you'll understand it if you've seen it, and, and for those of you who haven't seen it. If you enjoy horror, go check it out. I, I definitely think it's worth watching. It's definitely not like the best horror movie of the year or anything like that, but it's definitely worth worth a watch. Uh, the other movie I want to talk a little bit about is A Quiet Place. This this movie is is absolutely fantastic. I it blew me away from the very very beginning. The cold opening that first like five minutes is so tense just sitting there there's no dialogue and you just you don't want to move you don't want to risk making a single noise during that entire scene because you don't know what's happening you want to make sure that you don't miss anything and you get that feeling throughout a lot of the movie going forward as well where you're just trying not to move you you don't want to crunch your popcorn you don't want to rattle the ice in your drink because you don't want to make a sound during this movie it is so edge of your seat tense 
and the performances are spectacular. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt do just a wonderful job. They work so well together. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, them being married is definitely part of that because they have that natural chemistry. But they're just both exceptional actors that they're able to do this. The kids do a great job as well, particularly the girl. I don't I don't know her name. Um, but from what I have, what, from what I've seen, she's actually deaf. So I think that's kind of cool to incorporate stuff like that. And they incorporated all the sign language and things like that and, and, and didn't make being deaf a bad thing in any way. So I, I think that was really cool. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a forward positive thinking kind of a thing, you know, about that, which I really, I really dug. This movie is such a standout. I can't wait to watch it again and again and again. And they don't they don't try to hide what is happening right off the bat in that cold opening. You see what's going on. You find out what these things are. All right. You at least get to see what these things are. Um but they don't try to hide the fact that there's that it's creatures. I mean, you see glimpses of them in the trailer. So they they're, they're never hiding the fact of what's happening uh, unlike uh, movies like um, it comes at night you know the trailers really kind of deceived what was happening in that movie and made it seem like something else was going on whereas this one they they, they put it right out on the line they tell you right boom you know what's happening and it, it's all really about the relationship between the family and how they're dealing with this situation that you know that has risen and the stuff that happens at the end is just it blew me away i'm really excited like i said to watch it again and see if there's anything that maybe i may have missed the first time around but this is definitely one that you guys need to go and see if you enjoy these types of movies in any way go and see a quiet place go and see it in a theater with people you that experience is is that's something that is I think really important. Yes, you can sit at home and watch it. Preferably, if you're gonna sit at home and watch it, turn off all the lights and watch it. No distractions. You, you want to be locked into this movie. You want to feel the tension in this movie. You 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 really need to be immersed in it to get the full experience. So I would recommend checking out in the theaters. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. I'd like to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, we are now on Apple Podcasts, so please head over there, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to it. You can listen to it on your Apple Podcasts app. We're also uh, on SoundCloud, so you can check that out. You can follow and like the podcast on SoundCloud. Um, and be sure to follow us on all the social, various social medias. You can check me out at Merc with a Movie Blog on Facebook, at Movie Blog Merc on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the site where I put up written reviews occasionally. It's www.mercwithamovieblog.com. Uh, I'd like, again, I would just like to thank everybody who's been listening. You know, it's been a real help. And again, please rate, review, and subscribe over on iTunes. It'll, it'll be a big help for me. It'll help to push the uh, podcast forward. And if you have any questions or anything, please 
feel free to uh, send me an email. It's merkwithamovieblog at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to you know, answer questions on air. I think that would be something a, a cool thing to do. So please, you know, send your send your questions my way, your comments, anything. You know, you have any, you know, a suggestion, a movie you might want me to review in the future, just uh, send it my way, and I'll read some questions on air. So thank you very much, and as always, watch more films.